Hello and welcome to the Research Connection Podcast, the show that brings current expertise and cutting-edge research and connects it with users in the community. Go ahead, John. Okay, I'm Jonathan Allen, a professor at Brandon University. I'm Stacey Lee. I'm one of the librarians at uh, Brandon University. I'm also a romance reader, reviewer, and researcher. And Jonathan has a book out. Yes. Tell us about that. Men, Masculinities, and Popular Romance Novels explores the nature of men and masculinities in romance novels and really tangles with Eva Elouz's question, why is traditional masculinity pleasurable in fantasy? Awesome. Jackie, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jackie Kirk. I am the chair of the Department of Leadership and Educational Administration in the Faculty of Education and co-host of the podcast. And I'm Michelle Lam, the director of BU CARES. CARES is the Centre for Aboriginal and Rural Education Studies. Jackie, do you read romance novels? I do, sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not, not, not one a day or, one a day or anything like that. <laughs> I don't that, read one a day. I won't, I won't make that claim. <laughs> You're not hitting up the Rotary Book Club sale. Of my oh, list of pleasure yet. reading, probably mm-hmm. two or three a year are romance. Okay. yeah, yeah. Novels. Yeah. yeah, the Rotary Book Club sale. That's the place to go. It is, and I'm always looking for the things no one else wants because I yeah. want the vintage. Why do we study romance? And it has to be it's the largest subgenre, right? Oh yeah, of, it has the largest market share. Largest, like in terms of readers. In terms of dollars spent. Uh, okay. Um, in terms of volume, I would assume volume. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think when you're talking about a genre that is primarily read by women and voraciously read by women that there's something there to talk about like mm-hmm. what is it about romance that is so popular i mean there i know there's the addictions part of it but that's like an extreme right yeah but those are people who are addicted to the highs they get oh, okay and you get addicted to that do you think other mm-hmm. genres have the same addictive quality like i'm always one i'm always a little anxious around the language of addiction Right. Because it's like, I don't know, do you get addicted to mystery novels or science fiction? Or is it a word that we ascribe to women readers? Well, in this case, it, I'm thinking of it strictly from a chemistry perspective. You get the chemical release, you become addicted to the chemical release. It doesn't matter who's doing the reading. Right. It just so happens that in this genre, it's mostly women. Yeah. But I think the same could be said for male readers of romance as well. That's really interesting. What? Just like the, the way that addiction or the way that readers read. Like, I, see, I'm still, I still don't like addiction. But no, I still it, like commitment, or I'm committed to romance mm-hmm. as a genre. Well, and I'm only, in terms of addiction, that's a very small that, subset of people. Absolutely. General readers, it's escapism. It's, it's the reason anybody reads, of right? Of course, we enjoy a good story. And we don't like politics, so we're trying to escape. And that's what know, romance promises, and, right? It promises yes. happiness at the end of it. Or, yeah as the RWA, the Romance Writers of America, is emotionally satisfying. Yes. Um, like, it provi- it, it's a guarantee. Yes. When I buy a romance novel, I always think of it in the terms of the language of a contract. Mm-hmm. I'm entering into a contract with that author. They've promised me happily ever after or happily for now, mm-hmm. and I expect it by the end of this novel. It's a promise that they've made to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they don't fulfill that promise, then people like Stacy get really angry. <laughs> they do. Well, I mean, I, I get really disappointed, and because I'm a mom, that sounds angry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just something I do. But even when when authors are marketing in romance, they actually will put in their book descriptions, guaranteed happily ever after, guaranteed no cliffhanger, because nothing mm. makes people more angry than a cliffhanger when they can't have access to the next book immediately. Mm-hmm. So then 
what they sometimes do is they go back and they remove that after they've published the next book. Tell me about um, the sort of concept of masculinity inside romance novels. Maybe that's you, Jonathan. This is what got me interested in romance novels. And it was mostly, I went to uh, my first uh, American Men's Studies and association meeting. And as soon as I got there, everybody was talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. And I thought, this is weird. Like, what's happening here that a group of, like, scholarly men are talking about Fifty Shades of Grey? And I'd written about romance earlier, and particularly the character, the, the virgin hero, uh, rather than the virginal heroine. But all of a sudden, I thought, maybe there is something more here. Maybe there is something going on here. And so I've started thinking about how romance thinks about, represents, plays with, modifies the hero. And I think we've seen a lot of changes in the history of romance that that are interesting to think about, especially as where we see masculinity changing day to day in society. So what are some of those changes? I think we're seeing like um, in romance, Pam Reed just talks about sort of two types of heroes. There was always the alpha male and now there's the more sentimental hero who we might call like the new age guy the modern uh, the modern hero a bit more caring stay-at-home dads stay-at-home dads that's become a a fairly significant Mm, okay yeah you can't be a in romance if you're a dad you're a caring dad you're a hands-on dad and and honestly i find that dads that aren't like that are kind of shamed with within the romance genre so the authors Mm. are asserting judgment over fathers who are and and in this case, as they should, who are emotionally abusive, physically abusive, who are distant, who aren't present. There's definitely this privileging of the modern dad who changes diapers and who, you know, is there for their kids and that kind of thing. I'm lucky I'm married to one of those. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a definite caring masculinity. Yes. That, okay. that the father has to play an active role. It's not, yes. even even in the sort of the, the business tycoon Ooh. nanny paradigm you usually get he becomes a caring father yeah. mm-hmm. and, a, and a lot of it is when you have these hyper traditionally masculine men the one of the roles of the heroine is to pull them away from that and to moderate them to change them into someone who is more modern and quite frankly likable yeah well pam regis i think speaks about taming the hero yes mm-hmm. yeah he may come in as very sort of yeah. aggressive or what we might call alpha mm-hmm. and over the course of the novel softens mm-hmm. right he reveals mm-hmm. his um what's the language like core of steel and then is and then able to the marshmallow <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the heroine usually does the inverse sort of journey or often i don't want to say usually where she becomes much more dominant in her own right and more assertive or it's a i think in some ways there's a, a balancing act in romance a lot of People are writing for the readers and readers are very particular about the kinds of heroines they read and about the kinds of heroes they read, especially now in an age of social media. There are authors who are playing to that. I think this is a genre where your your preferences can be satisfied. Yes. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. thousands of new Mm -hmm. titles every year. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing at this point is because of the volume is being able to find the things you want. And some of it is, so if you use something like Listopia, it's someone else's definition of what that thing is. I mean, if you're a new reader to romance, how do you start? 9,000 titles or 10,000 titles are published in a given year. Well, what do you do? Grab the first one you find? Mm-hmm. And so this is where this is an important relationship between the librarian and the researchers, mm-hmm. figuring out how we can manage how we do research and do it respectfully and yeah. in recognition mm-hmm. of the impossibility of the task. 
It's an yeah. endless archive. I've studied this. I, I look at it like a search string. I'm looking at British Regency novels. Within that, I am looking at this type of character or this type of circumstance or this kind of trope. Mm-hmm. And when you read a certain number of novels with all of those things present, can you generalize to that very specific thing? Because you can't then generalize to the whole genre. No. It's impossible to gener- generalize to the whole genre, except for the happy ever after, yeah. which is kind of industry. Which is an set. industry term, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. there are certain things that always happen in a novel. Yes. Right? The hero and the heroine have to meet. Yes. There has to be some sort of um, disagreement or something that... There has to be tension. That they, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, the tension. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to come a point Northrop Fry's term of point of ritual death, where it just seems like this will never work out. And then mm-hmm. yeah. very quickly or not so quickly, depending, we will work out. What happens when you tell people that you are romance novel researchers? Nothing so bad as when I tell them the other things I research. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm curious. <laughs> I, think, I think people are interested. I think yeah. because I think everybody relate. has an opinion about reading romance novels. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. sort of one of those things you don't even need to read, but you have an opinion about it. And it's both a challenge and an opportunity, right? I mean, so if you come to me and say, oh, I, they're all formulaic, they're all the same. Well, I mean, sonnets are formulaic too, right? There's 14 lines, there's a certain meter to it and rhyme patterns. And well, yeah, romance novels, I mean, there is there are certain tropes that happen across the genre, but they're wildly different based on whoever you're reading. And for me, that that's part of what's interesting. The other part of what's interesting is when we think about the economic downturn, romance novels saw an increase. People were willing to spend money on romance mm, novels. Really? Um, and I think it's because romance novels offer us, however briefly, an escape from whatever we're dealing with and promise us a happily ever after, a moment of happiness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all that's needed, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Like, well, and that's... I, I think that that's mm-hmm. something... It's the same reason I think a lot of genre fiction is popular, right? I mean, yes. when I read a mystery novel, I know that I'm reading about a crime, but I know at the end they're going to catch the guy or... Or you hope, anyway. I hope. A cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, we want that. We want that, that, that finality, that, that all things will work out in the end, yeah. especially in moments of, I think, chaos and crisis. Mm-hmm. Authors try as much as possible to stay away from the big no-nos that drive people away. You don't kill off the main character. You know, when people are guaranteed to get an outcome that they want, they're going to return to it. Um, well, and readers tend to be dedicated to their genre because they like yeah. what they like. Yes. And and that's okay. That's totally cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's a basic tenet of brilliantship is people like what they like and we're there to help people get those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't be our, our job to say you shouldn't like that mm-hmm. or... No. No, I mean, readers like what they like. Mm-hmm. Romance, it's easy to discard, and I don't think that's fair. I think that romance novels do something really, really interesting because they get at the core of something. They get at questions like, what does it mean to live with someone? What does it mean to love someone? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to enter into a relationship and go through all the ups and downs, even though we're promised happiness, mm-hmm. and to explore that and to learn from each other's foibles and to overcome when it seems like all odds are against us. And I think that's an optimistic thing, too, for people who feel they have failed, where they they constantly struggle and to read something that says, it doesn't matter if you struggle, eventually this is possible. The other thing about romance novels, they're deeply private for some people. So it's not that they don't want to be judged. Sometimes it's none of anyone else's business what I'm reading. Yeah, And that's one of the reasons that romance novels have been such early adopters of ebook formats 
Yeah, you can't see the cover of an ebook, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You've just got your Kindle, you're sitting on the subway. I sort of remember when there was a bit of a transition from books to Kindle or when I was in Toronto and taking the train, that all of a sudden it was like, oh, I don't know what people are reading anymore. Um, And I always found that interesting to see what people are reading. (laughs) I remember this because when I took the train once, the entire car was reading a book that was black with an apple on it. Oh, Twilight. And I didn't know what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But the entire car was reading it. And I thought, I've got to go find out what this oh, is. 2008? Yeah. And I yeah. went to the bookstore and I said, I'm looking for a book with an apple on it. And the sales... The Librarian's sale... favorite question. <laughs> yeah. But they know what you, you meant by that. The salesperson, she was so excited that I asked for it. And she's like, oh, it's Twilight. It's the best book. You've got to read it. And she told me all about it. And that excitement. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's contagious. That's exciting. Yeah. It's like Harry Potter mania, right? It is like mm-hmm. Harry Potter, and that was a post Harry Potter book. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. Jackie. In schools, is romance read? Well, yeah, I think so because I think that we encourage them to choose books, just like we encourage mm-hmm. adults to choose what they like to read, because what we want is for them to be reading. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. So I, I did a fair amount of specialization in children's materials so about birth to 25 years there has been a significant increase in the amount of young adult fiction Mm -hmm. that is Uh available and a lot of that features romance that 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 is there and of course um so i work with someone who used to be a school librarian and she goes oh yeah i couldn't i couldn't keep some of that stuff on the shelves Mm -hmm. i would i would bring in these really popular titles and immediately they go out Mm -hmm. When you're that age, you're always trying to push boundaries and you're always trying to read ahead of where you are. Mm. And and so having those available is really important. So do you think kids don't have that same kind of judgment on the genre? I started reading romance when I was 12. Yeah. And I would say it's the same as anything in my own experience is there are, there will be things you don't understand. There will be dynamics you don't understand. And when you get older, you go, holy crap, I can't believe I was reading that book. <laughs> but you don't necessarily right. take those adult things away with you. Um, right. You take away with you what you do understand. Right. And that's what I found. And the biggest thing for me is I was just wanting to read what my grandma was reading. So my grandma had a Harlequin intrigue. She would have her for a month and she'd sit them on a chair beside the bed and she'd read a certain amount every day. And I just wanted to read what she was reading. And she died when I was younger. And so the first thing I did after she died is I picked up one of her books and I started reading. Thus, here I am. Those books do become really popular because they're sort of taboo, right? Mm-hmm. So then if the more you say you've read, read it, it and I haven't read it, there's a lot of pressure on me to read it so that I increase my knowledge of the topics within. Do you think that as they read these books, it shapes their sexuality if they're reading the same kind of hero over and over, for example? In romance, we've already kind of touched on this, there would be enough content to help people affirm their sexuality or to feel affirmation, Mm -hmm. right? So when you're a teenager and you're struggling, if you can find heroes that are like you, you're more likely to feel that affirmation. And I think the romance genre is where you're mostly going to find that. You're going to find that diversity. Well, and that would be a really good application of your thesaurus, you know, to be able to find explicitly what somebody wants or somebody needs yes Um, and and that's that's a a core tenant of what i want or what somebody needs is what i meant to say is especially in public librarianship every reader their book every book their reader every person who comes in can find something they want Mm -hmm. 
and everything that is in the library is waiting for someone to want it. Yeah. And romance is always aware of, it seems to me, the next thing, okay. whatever the next is, right? Like, um, it's there's a of lot the around like neurodiversities in yeah. romance. There's um, mm-hmm. asexual romances or aromantic romances right mm-hmm. now. It, it's a it's a remarkable genre for that yeah. very reason. Even if you think, okay, it's exhausted all possibilities. No, it hasn't. Nope. <laughs> so this argument that they're just all formulaic and it's just changing, uh, you know, Laura's name to Susie's name, that's right. not true. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not because the genre is, it's growing, it's expanding, mm-hmm. it's diversifying, it's playing with old tropes in new ways, mm-hmm. it's playing with settings and yeah. uh, the rise of the paranormal, right? Oh, yes. Like that was, all of and a sudden, vampires are away. everywhere. And yeah, so these things are constantly growing. It, yeah, it, it's a fascinating genre. I think we should wrap up, but if there yeah. are any final thoughts, I think we could just say pick up a romance book. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Research Connection podcast. You can visit our website for links to everything that was mentioned in the episode, and for more Research Connection content at www.brandonu.ca/bu-cares. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you can stay up to date with current research that impacts your community. Thank you.